Praise the Lord. Today is uh, B2. B1 went last week. Now it's B2. Y'all don't know, right? Y'all don't know. Y'all not in the era of uh, banana in pajamas, right? I, I, I see your face. You're all blurry. Really. Um, yeah, when we first came to church, uh, some people call us B1 and B2 because we are both variants, right? Uh, we used to have a lot in similarity. Like, I think when he first came to church, then I realized that he and me uh, went to the same kindergarten. And I actually like his uh, cousin. And I thought, like, why this guy keep being so close to the person that I like? Turns out, actually, it's his cousin. His cousin is happily married, so am I. Thank God. <laughs> but we used to have a lot of similarity. I think we went to army together. Uh, we were in mass comm and diploma together. But, you know, um, similarities are a few now. Especially... <laughs> <laughs> Physically, he's uh, thinner than me. What, what, what are you thinking about? Uh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm not 100% today. I'm feeling too well because of my throat. Uh, I did uh, test for COVID. Uh, it's one line. Uh, thankfully, uh, Brother Chris is like, hey, don't play, la, don't play. La. If not, you'll be just, not just crypto that crash on Thursday. <laughs> So I'm not feeling 100%, but uh, if anything happens, uh, Brother Chris, my iPad password is 0000. <laughs> Just come and uh, take over. But I hope God can uh, last me all the way until the end of the service. But what happened was, uh, yesterday I was actually eating Korean barbecue. Um, Love the steak there, but I think it was a bit too much for my throat. Uh, woke up with a sore throat, but I'm still feeling okay. I will wear a mask uh, after preaching. Don't worry, I'm negative, okay? I'm negative. Um, yeah, but um, I, today I want to talk about eating beef. <laughs> Maybe a bit inspired about the Korean barbecue yesterday. Because uh, it was really very good. It was, you know, the stretch at Tanjong Paga. Uh, you can't go wrong with any of it. Uh, but I don't know, after that, uh, when I went back home, uh, I started to have sore throat. Uh, but uh, why do I want to talk about beef today? Later I will share with you. But uh, eating beef has been quite uh, a change in this 21st century, right? It's now an art and it's a science. Uh, you know, we use beef for a lot of things. In fact, I was just doing my research. Uh, they said that uh, right now Brazil is one of the biggest exporters of beef. And who is the biggest importer? It is actually China itself. People are eating beef. Whether is it hot pot, whether is it steak, whether is it... I know some of you are feeling very hungry right now. But we use beef for a lot of things, right? In fact, uh, when you look at beef, there are different grades of beef as well. There is uh, Wagyu, which everybody is like, whoa. You have the A4 grade, you have the A5 grade. And then you have the rib eye, you have the whichever part of the, 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 the beef. I think we were nearby Feather Blade yesterday. Uh, and I was looking at the beef, it's like, wow, very tasty. But uh, I want to share an interesting fact with you. I first ate beef when I was 18 years old. 18. <laughs> Brenda, you remember? My first beef experience was a cheeseburger from McDonald's. And I think because of that, I kind of like my beef a bit more firm. I don't really like the medium rare or the rare portion. I, I, can't, I can't really, you know, have my beef that thin. I remember there was one experience where I wanted to, you know, go out on a date with uh, Sister Sharon. And then we, I saw on the promo code, there is this one-for-one uh, one Loris ribs. Anybody been to Loris before? Yeah? So, okay, you, you go to Loris, it's supposed to be good, right? 
So I asked for this this card, and I, you know, I was a bit young, and then they gave me a card where it was like very tender, but it was actually too tender for me. It's like, what is this mushy thing? Like, you know, I don't really like that. Like, I I I actually asked them to to say, I asked them whether can they make a bit more firmer, like you know, make it cook a bit more. And then the waiter was like saying, oh, uh, usually usually people eat this way because you know it's more tender and stuff like that. But at that point of time, I'm wow, I'm wasting money here. Like, you know, uh, I'm spending money, uh, I think about $200 still for one for one. And I didn't really enjoy the meal. I thought like Bota Jun's uh, rig eye steak would be much better. Uh, and then there was one time where I went to Denmark for a business trip. And then uh, I think I remember there was a time where I first ate this thing called uh, H beef or H steak. I don't know why Zilla. First time I ate it and, and uh, all, my, all my colleagues were like saying, hey, uh, I want medium rare. I was like, oh, I don't really eat medium rare. Can I do medium done? And then the waiter was like saying, hey, uh, actually it's aged beef already. You don't really need to go so firm. And I, I said, okay, let me try medium rare. Came out one of the best decisions I made. So FYI, if you are eating aged beef, uh, you can go for a bit more raw. I don't know why am I touching this way, but you know, at the end of the day, the bill was very, very expensive and it all goes to the, my company, which is good. <laughs> but what am I telling you all this about beef today? There is a scripture that I want to read to you today in Matthew chapter 25. In verse 14, it says, Again, it will be a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went to his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the one who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you have entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. Some of you are thinking, hey, you read so much, but I don't understand why you're talking about beef. Ah, the answer is in verse 21. It says, his master replied, well done. Everybody say, well done. Well done. Good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you have entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. Verse 23 says his master replied, Very good. Good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. So, some might like their steak well cooked. Some might like it less cooked. But Jesus' favourite steak is well done. Today I want to talk to you about being a well done steak. Being a well done steak. I know some of you might be thinking, uh, well, every time you read this verse, uh, it must be you think about steak already. I hope uh, it's imprinted, it's so seared inside your mind that every time you read Matthew chapter 25, you'll be thinking about beef. Later at the food court, I know everybody will be queuing for pepper lunch. 
But really, just a side note, it's not a sin for you to eat your beef uh, slightly raw, huh? even though Jesus loves well done. But back to this verse, it says that, uh, you know, well done, my good and faithful servant. Well done was being used by Jesus twice in this scripture. And it's used to describe the servants that are good and faithful. They have been given, given goals and they were tasked to manage this wealth. And they were faithful in the instructions of the master and they were rewarded with these words. So in the kingdom of God, we want to be not just medium rare or medium one. We want to be nothing less than well done. Everybody say well done. Well done. And today, the question that Jesus wants to ask me and you is that based on our walk with God and the trajectory from now until we see God, will we hear these faithful words when we, when we see Jesus for the first time in heaven? Will we go to Him and the first time when He greet us will be, well done, good and faithful servant? Is it a time for us to reevaluate today? Whether are we walking with God the way He wants us to work, walk with? It is a time for us to evaluate how cooked we are. Whether are we well done, are we medium rare or medium done? So today, I want to talk to you about the four levels of cooking steak. And the first level is raw. Everybody say raw. raw. Now, raw meat is one of the most unconsumable food mankind can eat. Raw meat can contain uh, a lot of bacteria, a lot of uh, stomach. You know, sometimes I, I see a lot of TikTok videos where they go to uh, Thailand and then they come back with stomach ache. They are in hospital in Thailand. You know... I, maybe, I don't know why some of you are laughing because you are part of it, is it? Yeah, but you know, they'll be eating raw prawns and uh, raw stuff and that. You see, raw meat or raw, raw stuff, whether is it poultry or whichever, it is something that contains a lot of bacteria. In fact, I didn't know about that, that you should not wash your, po uh, your meat. Anybody knows that you're, you're not supposed to wash your meat? <laughs> Only me, I don't know, right? So I was trying to cook an ABC soup. Then you have all those pork ribs, right? And then I was washing the pork ribs and my wife was like saying, hey, you're not supposed to wash the pork ribs, you know? You just cook it and then all the bacteria will be gone. And then I said, then what about the bacteria that's inside? I thought you're supposed to wash it out. Then she said, no, 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 no need. You just, you know, blanch it or you, you just cook it and then everything will be cooked. And uh, the way that you wash it, you will cause bacteria to be all over the sink and all over the kitchen. Huh? FYI, huh? But there was a time where I didn't know that I always washed my meat before that. But you're not supposed to. Now, why am I telling you about raw meat? Because this level could be seen as uh, sin. Because when sin is in our lives, it is dangerous. It is contagious. It is a part where we don't want. So sin causes us to be sick and to be separated from God. In fact, in Psalms 38 verse 3, it says, There is no health in my bones because of my sin. And in Isaiah chapter 59, verse 1 to 2, it says, Surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save, or nor his ear too dull to hear. In fact, God wants to be near to us. That is his desire. His arm is not too short to save. His ear is not too dull to hear. But there is something that is separating us, which is our iniquity. In the next verse, it says, But your iniquities have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that you will not hear. You see, why am I telling you this? Is that God's will is not for us to be raw. 
God's will is not for us to stay at this stage or this level of being a raw meat. See, when we come to this world, right, we are all born sinners. We, we, don't, have to, we don't have to argue about that. Why? Because just look at my kid. There was one time where I caught them eating chocolate, both boys. They tried to hide it. Eh? But how can you hide it when the whole mouth outside are eh? all chocolate? And then I say, did you eat it or not? At first, they say no. Then after that, they say, Coco, let me eat one. Then the other one is, Titi, take one. I don't have to teach them to lie. They know how to lie. The inward nature is that when Adam and Eve sinned, or Adam and Eve disobeyed, sin came into our lives. In fact, in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, says that all have sinned and fallen short of the, glory, of the glory of God. Today, I think I can for sure say to myself, I have sinned inside of me. I am not perfect. Nobody can be perfect. That's what Jesus said. In fact, Jesus was the only perfect person that, could, that was able to live on earth. But why am I telling you all of this? Is that, like what I say, Jesus doesn't want to stop or want us to stop at being a raw meat. He wants us to progress. Thank God today we have a plan for us to progress from raw meat to be well done. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, it says, Now brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you are safe, if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you. Otherwise you have believed in vain. What is it that is being preached to him in verse 3? For what I receive, I pass on to you as of first importance. That Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. That he was buried and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. The good news today is that Christ died and he was buried and he didn't just stay buried. But he rose the third day. Thank God that God gave us this gospel. Now you've been telling me, hey, Brother Sam, I already know this. But maybe your neighbour don't know. If you are hearing this for the first time, God has good news for you. That you don't need to stay at being a raw meat. You can progress to being a well done. He did that so that you and I can be not sick and be separated from Him. Now question that you ask me, how do I then apply the gospel in my life? How do I progress from 1 Corinthians 15 to become uh, uh, applying what, whatever that God has done? We find in Acts chapter 2, verse 38. It says, Peter said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our job, our part for us to progress from raw meat to be well done is to repent and to be baptized. Now, some of you might ask me, in fact, my, my, younger, uh, my second son came to me this week and he was uh, very intrigued because uh, one of the kids' uh, kid is going to get baptized. And then he asked me like, Dad, why, why, why people need to get baptized? Uh, like, can you tell me or not? So, you know, we actually have this Born Again app. I don't know whether you know. Uh, and I actually use, uh, there is this color, color way of uh, presenting the gospel. So I told him that uh, there was one example where we're actually uh, black color because sin has entered into our lives. Now then, uh, the next color was actually red. 
Why the why red? Because the blood of Jesus, God has came down and died for us. But the next color is actually uh, white. Why is it white? And I started to tell him, you know, if you go and play in a mud where daddy didn't want you to play, and then you have your shirt all black and all muddy, and then you come home, what will you say to daddy? And you say, sorry. And I say, yes, very good. You say, sorry. And that's repentance. Everybody say repentance. But we don't want to stop that because the shirt is still dirty. The shirt is still muddy. And then I ask him a question. If your shirt is still muddy, your shirt is still dirty, what are you supposed to do? And then he said, oh, I think I will put it into the washing machine. I said, exactly right. And that is why baptism is important. Your shirt is still muddy. Your shirt is still dirty. That's why you need to wash yourself. That's why you need to wash away the shirt that is dirty. So I told him, baptism is like this. You take out your shirt, even though you say sorry to daddy, you still need to be baptized. You still need to wash your clothes. Luke chapter 3 verse 16 says, John answered them all saying, I baptize you with water, but he who is mightier than I is coming. The strap of those sanders I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. That's why Romy can go to well done. Because the Holy Spirit comes and then you get cooked. There's a, there's, a, there's a rhyme, right? One la, one la, one la, barbecue la. This one is gooda, 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 barbecue la. You can progress from a raw meat to a well done when you are baptized and you receive the Holy Ghost. If today you are wondering, for the first time you are hearing this thing, this gospel, if you are wondering, should I get baptized? The question is not should. The question is when. When should you get baptized? Baptism is not a choice, but it's part of a salvation from God. It's part of a salvation plan from God. Baptism is for us, from a raw meat, to become a well done. Turn to your neighbor and say, I want to be well done. So if you are interested, I know uh, maybe got UTB ambassadors. Approach them. If not, come to me uh, and I will talk to you about baptism. Now the second level is called medium rare. Everybody say medium rare. Medium rare stick looks like cooked from the outside, but it's actually raw on the inside. It's not difficult to cook a medium rare stick. Really, it's not easy. Uh, it's not difficult. You just put one minute, one minute, done. It is not difficult. Just apply a little bit of the heat and it's done. Just serve God a bit and don't go too far. Just obey the things that I love for God and then the rest, you know, you can disregard a bit. It's just like the Pharisee where they were spiritual outside, but yet in the inside, there was no holiness at all. Could be like a Christian that is on a Sunday, but maybe on Monday to Sunday, uh, Saturday, we act differently. Today, I want to share with you a story of Saul, who to me, when I was studying the scripture, I thought he was a very good example of who is medium rare. 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 1 to 3 says, Samuel also said to Saul, The Lord sent me to anoint you king over his people, over Israel. Now therefore, hear the words of the word, hear the voice of the Lord. Sorry, hear the words of the Lord. Thus say the Lord of hosts, I will punish Amalek for what he did to Israel. 
Now he ambushed him on the way when he came up from Egypt. Now go and attack Amalek and utterly destroy all that they have and do not spare them. Now there was an instruction from God specifically to Samuel and Samuel instructing Saul. You need to utterly destroy. In fact, this word utterly destroy is used seven times in this account. God say that he is supposed, the children of Israel is supposed to utterly destroy the, the people of Amalek. Now you might be thinking, why does God want to utterly destroy them to the point where nothing is left? It is because in centuries before, the, Amalek, uh, the Amalekites were the first people to attack Israel when they first escaped from Egypt. They were the first one that when Egypt was in the wilderness, and they, uh, sorry, no, the children of Israel was in the wilderness and they were hungry, they were poor, the Amaleks tried to attack them and tried to wipe them out. You see, in Exodus chapter 17, it talks about that the Lord said to Moses, write this for a memorial in the book and recount it in the hearing of Joshua, that I will utterly blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. And Moses built an altar and called its name, the Lord is my banner. That's where we got the revelation that God is my banner, that God will fight for our battle. Because every time when we are weak and God will come in and step for us, step in for us, every, when the children of Israel was weak and they were in the wilderness, God was their banner. And God doesn't forget. Wow, it's how many hundreds of years later, God still will avenge for us. If you are going through a trying time, I'm telling you, the Lord is our banner. He does not forget. He might be a bit late according to our timeline, but He does not forget. And He says, because the Lord has sworn, the Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. And this was a time where God prophesied that because the Amaleks, committed a terrible sin against Israel and they wanted to wipe out the children of Israel. So they did this all because of greed, all because of violence. So God wanted to judge Amalekites, the Amalekites and He wanted to be a test of obedience. He didn't want to do it like Sodom and Gomorrah where He destroyed them uh, one shot. But He did it in a way that the children of Israel could prove the level of obedience. Whether are they well done or are they medium rare? There was an opportunity for the children of Israel to do that. But let's look at 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 7 to 9 and see what happens. And Saul attacked the Amalites from Halivath all the way to Shur, which is east of Egypt. He also took Agar, king of the Amalites, alive and utterly destroyed all the people with the edge of the sword. But Saul and the people spared Agar. And the rest, and the best of the sheep, the oxen, the fatlings, the lamb, and all that was good, and were unwilling to utterly destroy them. But everything despised and worthless, that they utterly destroyed. You see, Saul carried out the instructions. He went to attack the Amalekites. This was good and this was in obedience. But it was only partial obedience. It was selective. It was incomplete. At first, Saul took Agar the king, which God told him to utterly destroy. 
Second, he took the best of the sheep, the ox, everything that he thought that it was good, he kept it. There could be a perspective that Saul actually did well, right? You know, I mean, I was just reading the scripture. Oh, hey, wow, my mother would have loved Saul, man. Never waste food. Never waste money. Come back with all the spoils. I'm like, okay, go, go, go. Put it in the storeroom. Next time, we will use again. To the worst perspective, Saul could be doing something that makes sense. Right? But to God's perspective, a partial obedience is no obedience at all. What am I trying to tell you is that there are many things in this world that can make sense to our culture and the times that we are living in. The culture of the world will tell us, let's be prudent. Someone else will take care of the church. Someone else will preach. Don't worry, if you are sick, the passcode is 0000. <laughs> the culture of the world talks about that every perspective is right. Let's not judge one another. Let's listen to their point of view. Let's come together in the middle ground and have some consensus. Let's all make peace. Let's compromise for the greater good. Why am I telling you this? Is that we must understand one thing from the kingdom of God. And I need to be very, very unpolitically correct. Is that God's ways are not our ways. It's not. We were never called to, to be in the world. We are called to be in the world, to pull people out from the world. There are a lot of things that didn't make sense in God's words. Really, a lot. When I was reading the scriptures, so many things that point out to me that was unusual, that thought that, you know, this doesn't make sense in our culture. He thought about Noah building an ark. Which fellow will make sense when it, it never even rained before and you are building such a big ark? He talked about the culture of the world where Jesus invited sinners to eat with them with him and the apostles. How much prosecution were Jesus and his disciples would have been facing? That did not make sense at all. And we talk about the Alabasca vase lady that, that break the vase at the feet of Jesus and anointed his whole body for his burial. That didn't make sense to Judas. There was a lot of things that didn't make sense in the kingdom of God. But that doesn't mean that we can choose to disobey. Amen. That doesn't mean that we can choose partial obedience. Amen. Because the example that I'm showing you from, from a medium rare to become a well done, in between, there is this thing called full obedience. Not partial like Saul, but full. We are called by God to bring people out of the world. The reason why we are medium rare and not well done is because sometimes we are living for ourselves. See, I was trying to reevaluate myself. I mean, I'm preaching to you all this sermon. But at the same time, I had to do a lot of heart surgery to myself also and reevaluate God. Am I rare or am I well done? And then, you know, sometimes I reevaluate myself. God, I'm actually medium rare right now. And why am I medium rare? And God started to point to me in the story itself that sometimes the, the reason why we are medium rare is because we are living for ourselves and not God. How do I know that? First Samuel, back to the story, in verse 15, it says, And Saul said, he was trying to explain to, to Samuel, Saul said, They have brought them from the Amalekites, for, for the people spare the best of the sheep and the oxen to sacrifice to the Lord your God. It wasn't our God. It wasn't my God. It was Samuel. 
this is what you told me to do. I did it according to what your God wants. Every time when we separate ourselves from God and live for ourselves, that is where we are medium rare. Because Saul lived for himself. Why do I say that? It's because back to, back to what I said in the first point, we have a sinful nature. Every time when we live for ourselves, we want to store up our possessions. We want to make sure that everything that we do, it benefits us. So every time when we say, it is your God, it is your pasa, it is your preaching, it is your service, it is for me to stand back and say that, hey, this is your God. That's the time that a lot of times, for myself, I find myself being medium rare because I separated my relationship or my walk with God to become your God instead of my God. So, God really wants us to reevaluate today. Are we living for ourselves? Am I feeling stuck? If I'm feeling stuck, why is it that I'm feeling stuck? Could it be there is one reason is because we are living for ourselves and not for God? 1 Samuel, back to 1 Samuel, verse 12 and 13, it says, So when Samuel rose early in the morning to meet Saul, it was told Samuel, saying, Saul went to Carmel. And indeed, he set up a monument for himself. And he has gone around, passed by, and gone down to Gilgal. Then Samuel went to Saul, and Saul said to him, Blessed are you of the Lord. I have performed the commandment of the Lord. You see, Saul, even though he was in partial obedience, he thought that he performed the commandment of the Lord. In fact, the Bible says that he built a monument for himself. He built a statue for himself. He said, well done, uh, Saul. This is the moment where you carry out the Lord's instruction. This is the moment where you destroy the Amalekites. This was the moment for generations to come that they will remember you. Yes, they remember but not for the right reasons. Why am I telling you this? Is that when we are medium rare, when we are partial, when we are having partial obedience to God, it allows pride and disobedience to come into our lives. So much so that we become deaf to our sins. So much so that when somebody comes to us and says, hey, you have done something wrong, you say, eh? Gome? What are you talking about? I carry out the commandments of the Lord. What are you talking about? Like, I'm living for God. Eh. I'm preaching for God. I'm in ministry. What are you talking about? Medium rare causes us what was completely obvious to Samuel was invisible to Saul. Why am I telling you this? Is because we all have blind spots in my life. I thank God for my wife. Every time I point out my blind spots. One. But we need to constantly also ask God. And one of the, one of the primary Psalms that I always pray is this in Psalms 139, verse 23 to 24. It says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties and see if there's any wicked way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. Every moment, every time, 
I want to ask God, God, search me and know my heart because my heart is deceitful. My anxieties can overcome my emotions. My thoughts are not exactly right all the time. I have blind spots in my life that I cannot see except those that are around me and also you, God. You are able to direct me. You see, when David wrote this scripture, he was king. He had a lot of wealth. He had power as well. He was right at the top of the pinnacle of his life. He is basically like, you know, he has power. He could be equivalent to Elon Musk. Whoever you want, whatever you want to buy, you buy. You want to buy Twitter, buy. Never mind, just sell the shares of Tesla and then you can buy Twitter. But David knew that power can corrupt. David knew his heart is deceitful. And he knew that he had blind spots. And he wrote this psalm as a reminder of how Nathan confronted his adultery and he was receptive to it. How that he wanted God to continue to guide him in his life. And that served us as an example that God wants to be our guide only if we allow him to. Today, maybe you check yourself and you say, God, actually I'm medium rare. Maybe I check myself and God is telling me that I'm medium rare. You know, one of the most powerful verse is that you can pray this. Search me, O Lord, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties. Why don't we do that right now? Lord Jesus, right now, O God, we hear your word, O God. Your word, O God, Lord, that evaluates our life, O God, and evaluates, Lord, our walk with you, O God. Father, I pray, O God, for this verse, O God, Lord, to be in our lives right now. Today, O God, Lord, search me, O Lord. Search me, O God. Search the most inner being, O God. Search, O God, Lord, right down, O God, to the depths of my heart, O God, to the bones, O God, to my marrows, O God, and search for my intention, O God. Lord, am I living for myself, O God? Am I living for you, O God? Lord, am I stuck in my walk with you, O God? Am I not progressing, O God, Lord, to be a well-done servant, O God, to be a good and faithful servant, O God? Lord, I pray, O God, Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you would try me, O God, and that you will know my anxieties, O oh God. Lord, see, O oh God, if there is any wicked way, O oh God. And Lord, if there is, O oh God, Lord, I pray, I repent right now, O oh God. Lord, I change, O oh God, my heart, O oh God. And let the Holy Spirit burn, O oh God, Lord. Burn, O oh God, Lord, any impurities, O oh God, there is inside of me right now, O oh God. Lord, burn in me, O oh God, Lord. I don't want to be medium rare, O oh God. I don't want to be, O oh God, Lord, being, O oh God, well done from the outside, O oh God, Lord, but inside, O oh God, I'm just rare, O oh God. Father, change me today, O oh God. Change my heart, O oh God. Reveal, O oh God, Lord, every blind spot, O oh God, that I have in my life, O oh God. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Come, let's give God praise. Hallelujah, Jesus. Back to Saul's story. You see, Saul has so many learning points from being a medium rare. And in the end, God judged Saul. So Samuel said in verse 22 to 23, he says, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed the fats of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Remember this, that God delights in obedience, not in sacrifice. And this reminds me that there was one time 
where in Matthew chapter 7 that he talks about that many have done and prophesied in his name, cast out demons, make wonders. And then Jesus said, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. You know, I'm not here to preach hard. I'm here for us to reevaluate where are we in our walk with God. I hope that's okay with you. That we can go to God with all our accomplishments on earth. I've done this, I've done that, I've done this in, in your name. But God says that only He wants to hear this word called well done. And for us to reevaluate ourselves, are we walking in truth? Are we walking in, in how He wants us to walk with? If not, rather than hearing well done, my good and faithful servant, we might be hearing depart from me. I do not know you. I want the fire of God to continually consume us. Amen? Amen. The third level, enough of uh, Samuel and Saul, is this thing called medium well. Everybody say medium well. Medium well, medium well is very interesting. It's something that I really like. <laughs> Why? Because it's firm enough. Like, I like to chew rubber. Uh. My life is very hard, so I, I like to chew something that is hard. But medium well is a level that is not a medium rare, but it's also not a well done. You're somewhere in between. You are almost there. Everybody say almost. almost. Not quite. Almost. Just almost. Like in Acts chapter 26, King Agrippa said, you almost persuaded me to be a Christian. Almost. I don't know why it's Malay. I, I'll go and read up, read up on it. But King Agrippa almost believed in God. But what I want to tell you today is that almost is never enough in God's kingdom. Almost is like you are missing the mark. Just, just missing the mark. Because in God's kingdom, there is, there is either you are, you are safe or you are not safe. In God's kingdom, it's either you are doing His will or you are not doing His will. I know sometimes it's hard for you to navigate and find what is the will of God. Later, I will explain how to be in the well done. But it's not going to be difficult. All I'm saying is that the will of God is not as difficult as you think it is. Really. But back to this, is that I don't want to be just medium done. Because medium done is almost, almost too well done. Just almost. You are so close, but yet so far. That's why Jesus said in Revelations, I'd rather you be hot or cold, but you are in between. I don't know whether you want to be hot or you want to be cold. The Bible says that no one can serve two masters. You cannot put one leg here out on the world and one leg out in the yes, yes. kingdom. Almost when is when you could have realized your greatest potential in God, but you did not. Almost is when maybe you were on fire for God, but now you choose to be in a place where it's in your comfort zone. Almost is when you God called you to something great, but maybe because of fear, you don't want to try anything new. Now again, I'm telling you, this applies to me and you. When I was doing this passage of this, this, this uh, scripture or this sermon, God spoke to me so much that He doesn't want us to be just almost. Almost is like you're almost there. But God wants to tell you well done. Almost is like Brother Brian talks about that, the rich young ruler. He was almost there. He was the role model. He was my future 
in law. <laughs> but we now know him as somebody that is a rich young ruler, a almost an apostle, not an apostle. I don't know whether there could be a 13 apostle, but there was 12. Only, if only, if only he said, you know, I will give up everything and follow after you. So now, <laughs> so now he tragically walked away from Christ, from his greatest destiny. You see, the temptation to be medium well is very high in our walk with God. Really, it's super high. Because when I re-evaluate re my life, I, I find that a lot of the times I'm medium well because I'm just comparing myself to the people that are around me. I don't compare myself with the standard of God. I, prepare, I, I compare myself with, with uh, people that are around me. And then I think, hey, I'm actually quite okay. That's what the rich young ruler did as well. He compared himself because he gave away his wealth. He compared his wealth that he didn't murder. He didn't, he didn't transgress any commandment of the Lord before. When he compared himself to the rest that are sinners around him, he's actually very good. He didn't commit any adultery. And suppose what he is saying is true, that he obeyed all the commandments of the Lord and he gave away his wealth to the poor people. That is man and man's comparison. But there was one time where God confronted him. How about you compare your standard with my standard? And let's see, whether are you still medium well or are you well done? And that was where he failed. He could compare all sorts of men versus men standards. But every time when we start to compare men versus God, you know what? I fall short. I say that God, your standards are high. Your standards are way higher than me. I'm still a sinner. I still need you. I still need you in my life. Every time when we are in medium well, it means that we are comparing ourselves to the people around us. Because when we compare to God, there is always a standard between God and us. So that's what the rich young ruler did. He tried to compare himself to God's standard and he knew he couldn't meet up. And that's why he walked away. We could have been a well done. He could have been a well done, but not quite. We as well. We could have been a well done, but not quite there. We could have been a well done, but God has given us abilities over here. The question is, are we using it or not? Could have been a well done, but maybe we say we choose to stay in our comfort zone. What I want to tell you is that don't be an almost well done state. <laughs> almost. See, I like the way soccer, right? The soccer, right? The scoreline is the most important. Don't tell me you, you attack well, you defend well, you do this and you do that. Yeah. <laughs> tell me you win 1-0. Yeah. Don't tell me you draw. You see, I, sometimes I get very frustrated because my team is not winning. Uh. <laughs> but sometimes they perform very well. They pass here, they pass there, they pass here. Well, like, wow, this is a team that is building. It's very good, it's very good. But when I look at the table, it's not well done. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be an almost well done state which is medium done. Be a fully well done stick. And the last level that I want to talk to you about today is being well done. Being a well done stick, it means that every part of the meat is cooked. There is no raw inside of it. There's no bacteria. 
because you cooked it. There's no impurities as well. Being a well-done steak, it means that it's firm, there is no impurity. So when we translate a well-done steak to God's kingdom, it means that when we do the things that God wants us to do, it's not half done, it's not almost pulled through, it is always done. It is well done. And when I was reading this scripture, right, I tell God honestly, I said, God, I'm not well done. It's impossible for me to be well done. I told God this. I said, you want me to be well done? Okay, can. I got some abilities. I'm, I hope I'm investing. But God, I cannot be in a place where I'm always well done. I tell God this honestly. I don't know whether you feel that sometimes. That you tell God, God, how to be well done, how to compare to your standards. The rich young ruler walked away from you, you know. I'm not even the standard of the rich young ruler. You asked me to be well done. And God spoke to me. There are countless times where I fail to do my best in the situation. And I fail. Every time when I fail to do my best in my situation, it is because the situations that God put me in, I use my own strength. Because there's absolutely no way that I can be a well done steak unless I lean to God for strength. I am not somebody that will wake up and run 10km. I'm not somebody that will wake up and say, I love my job. I'm owning my laptop at 8am, finish my work at 8pm. I am not motivated at all. You, you ask my wife, sometimes she asks me, hey, you working from home or you on leave? Huh? I'm like, I'm working from home. Lah. I'm not motivated at all. Tell me, if I have some free time, I'll rather go and just surf the net, lie down and be in my own little corner. Why am I telling you this? Is that there are times where, where I fail, and many times where I fail is because I am leaning on my own strength. I am not using God for, for, for His strength. Uh, look at the, the, some of my, I don't know whether you know, you know in Facebook they have your algorithm, and they will show you a lot of times uh, what you're interested in. My algorithm is all gym uh, videos, uh, motivational videos, all how to eat clean, uh, and of course, JP. I don't know why JP keeps coming up. But it's all the eat clean and all that. But you know what? I ate Korean barbecue yesterday. The day before, I ate supper McSpicy. I can see whatever that I want to see. But the Bible says, be ye doers, not hearers only. Why am I telling you this? Is that I find myself saying things like, you know, it's impossible. It will never work. Because I need the strength and the passion of God every day for me to be a good servant. One of the most powerful revelations that you and I can get today is that to hear the words of well done, good and faithful servant from God is impossible by our own strength. It is. I'm not the one that is supposed to make sure that my steak has rawness. I'm not the one that is supposed to make sure my steak has impurities. It's the Holy Ghost. He's the head chef. He's the one that cooked the steak for me. Amen. You know, sometimes I wonder, uh, we're well, well, worried, hey, hey, how are uh, my steak cooked already or not? Am I well done or not? Why don't we just give it to God? Why don't we just say, God, you are the master chef. You cook it according to your standards. And that's the job of the chef to cook us, to, sell, to tell us, to, to, for us to say, Chef, have you cooked me well today? Have you done the will of yours in my life today? That's why I say in Psalms 139, 139 search me, O Lord, and find if there is any impurities in me. 
So as a disciple of God, it means for us to surrender ourselves every day to the Holy Spirit, allowing Him to work through us to remove any impurities, any sin, any tardiness, any anxiety in us, so that we can get things done. Not just done, but well done. I want to tell you that the secret ingredient for us to be in medium done, too well done, is this thing called surrender. I know it's not in the passage of Scripture that we read just this now. That's why it's a secret ingredient. You want to be well done, everyone needs to be in the face of this thing called surrender. Abraham was called well done by God because he, despite all, despite his, his thoughts, despite him having this child and his old birth, uh, old, old age, still went to sacrifice Isaac because he knew that God would have raised Isaac up if he could kill him. It was utterly complete obedience, utter complete surrender. The children of Israel, when they walk around the, the walls of Jericho, like what Brother Chris talked about, that they were singing praise. A lot of people think that they are self, you know. Obviously, you walk around seven, and you, seven times and you think the wall will come down. But utter surrender, utter obedience, things that didn't make sense, is what makes us from medium well to become well done. Peter used this when he forsook his net and followed after Jesus. Peter used this again when he walked on water. There were 11 apostles that were in the boat, but only one surrendered. Only one fixed his eyes on Jesus. Only one said that if God is there, I will walk to Him. And last but not least, even the prodigal son used this ingredient. The prodigal son knew that he had to surrender. The prodigal son knew that he was medium rare. He was raw. He was going back. But he knew that when he surrendered, his father is going to declare him, well done, come back. Prodigal son knew that the secret ingredient of surrendering, if he would have used it, if he would have used the secret ingredient of surrendering, he could come back and he could have everything that his father could have. So if the prodigal son knew to seek help from his father, how much more? And sometimes we'll be thinking, oh, we go through life by, by life itself. But the Bible talks about that we can seek his help. Well done, good and faithful servant is impossible. Everybody say impossible. impossible. By our own strength. That's why the scripture says, with God, all things are possible. Amen. And today, that's why I say the will of God is not difficult at all. The will of God is for you to every morning wake up and say, God, what is your will for me today? Right. If you were to ask that one sentence every morning, that's it. Sometimes we, 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 we go through life, we wake up, we straight away on the laptop and then we go to work. But what if you change your habit for one moment and this morning or next morning or Tuesday or, or Wednesday, you ask God this one question, God, what does it mean for me to be well done today? Amen. That's all the question or that's all the prayer that you need Amen. to pray. Why don't we stand? I'm done. I want to put a caveat today, again, that you're free to eat medium rare. 
if that is your desired stake level. But in God's kingdom, there's nothing less than well done. Nothing, nothing less. And God exhorts us today, this morning, don't be raw. We need to all get baptised. We need to enter into His kingdom. We need, to be me- we, we need to be well done, not medium rare. There is a partial obedience that God wants us to move away from. And last but not least, God doesn't want us to me- be medium done. That we were just almost there, like a rich young ruler that is always remembered to be walking away from his destiny. He was almost so close, but yet he didn't. One day, all of us will give an account for the gifts, the ability, the wealth, the influence, and the resources that God has given to us. One day, everyone there is under the sound of my voice will, will stand at the judgment seat of Christ. And we will give an account. And I know everyone, each and every one of us, all wants to hear these words, the famous words that Jesus will tell us, Well done good and faithful servant. Come into my kingdom and share the Master's happiness. That has been all that we were asking for. But all I'm telling you this is that from now until the time where we meet Jesus, the preparation was not yesterday. The preparation is not when you take the last breath. The preparation is not 10 years later when you have your full wealth already. The preparation is not 20 years later when your career is at a, 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 way, a place where you don't need to put any effort. The preparation is today. The preparation and the cooking starts today. It is now. And like what I say, the secret ingredient is called surrender. Could be that sometimes go through, going through life, we have been... You know, going through life without this word called surrender, we have been saying, you know, God, I've been just struggling to survive. Struggling to survive. I remember there was one time where I nearly drowned when I was uh, P4, I think, or P5, when you actually have to go and um, go for swimming class, I think, P5. So I was at the edge of the swimming pool and then I was playing with my friends and then I wasn't tall enough and I went into the deep side of the pool just got swept away I didn't know why also like I was so sure that I was able to grab the side but the current swept me away I was like so stupid how, how could I just miss that part but I was struggling and I was struggling and I was struggling non-stop and I thought that uh, you know a lot of thoughts was going through my, 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 my mind and I was thinking is this my last breath. Like, I could still remember that day. But there was a, suddenly, the instructor came to me, thank God. I think he was, uh, you know, teaching the, the, those that are at the other side of the pool. And he was asking all of us that have already swam to, just stay at the pool near there, don't do anything. But I didn't listen. So I was there in the swimming pool and I started to sing and he wanted to save me. But when I got saved, I remember that uh, he pulled me so hard that I was in shock. And then I started to give up. And then that was where he was able to pull me to shore. 
And I asked my friend after that, he, I said, like, what happened? And he, they, they say, I don't know why you just suddenly go to the, deep, the, the middle. Like you were trying to reach to the side, but you couldn't reach it. And then you went to the side. And then they told me that the coach or the swimming coach was actually at the side just waiting for me to, to give up. And then he can come in and then just jerk me one side and then I completely give up. I don't know why am I telling you this story. It's not in my notes. But maybe some of you are like, you know, going through life is difficult. Some of you are maybe like struggling in the swimming pool. And only God knows and you'll be thinking, is this my last breath or not? But all I'm saying is that maybe God is that coach that is watching you from the side. All He wants is for you to say, okay, I'm not going to do it anymore. Can someone save me? Come in, take my hand, pull me to the side, pull me to the shore again. Could be you, could be me. I know it's me. But if today, you want to surrender your life to God again, you want to say, God, I don't want to just be raw. I don't want to just be medium rare. I don't want to just be medium done. I want to be well done. I want to surrender my life into your hands again. I want to hear that faithful words that you will say to me when I meet you face to face. If that is your desire today, why don't we just begin to raise up our voice? That's it. Just let your voice out for a while. I can't intercede for you. You are in the swimming pool yourself. I can't surrender it for you, but it's only you that can surrender it for yourself. It is only your walk with God. You evaluate yourself and you tell God, just like how when I was reading this sermon and I was reevaluating re- my life and I tell God, God, I'm medium rare. God, I'm medium done. But God, I'm done with it. I'm done. I give my life to you again. I surrender myself to you again. Come on, that's it. Some of you are struggling right now and you are saying, where is God in my life? Why is my walk with God so stuck? Could it be that you are looking at yourself instead of looking at the altar and the finisher of our faith? Like what Brother Chris say in First Philippians chapter 6, that he who began a good work, he will complete it. Come on. There is no way that God is going to allow us to just be medium rare and medium done. His will is for us to be well done. Good and faithful servant. Come on, why don't you just tell, tell him that? Why don't you just surrender yourself to him one, one more time and tell God, God, I don't want to be like the rich young ruler. Then walk away from you, O oh God. That, that the world just remember as a rich young ruler. God, I want to discover my destiny. God, I want you in my life. I want to have you in every step of my life. Lord, come into my life again. Lord, I want to surrender, O oh God. Lord, I don't want to be sore, O oh God. Lord, that I'm just a partial obedient, O oh God, to your word, O oh God. But God, I want, O oh God, Lord, for you, O oh God, Lord, to have full control in my life, O oh God. And Lord, I want to surrender, O oh God, Lord, my life into your hands again, O oh God. Lord, I say to you, O oh God, with my own strength, O oh God, I can't do it, O oh God. With my own strength, O oh God, God, Lord, I'm struggling, oh God. Lord, with my own strength, oh God, God, I'm sinking, oh God. 
Lord, with my own strength, oh God, Lord, I'm not there, oh God. With my own strength, oh God, Lord, I'm always struggling, oh God. But Lord, right now, you be my coach, oh God. You be my head chef, oh God. You decide, oh God, Lord, my tenderness level, oh God. You decide, oh God, Lord. How you want to cook me, O oh God. Lord, let the Holy Spirit, O oh God, baptize me with fire again, O oh God. Let the passion of God come back to me again, O oh God. That I may live for you, O oh God, and not for the world, God. That's it, that's it, come on Let's raise our voice right now again And let's start to intercede Not just for the person that is beside us But let's intercede for ourselves God, I'm not I'm not I'm not satisfied, oh God, Lord Being a medium rare, oh God I'm not satisfied, oh God, Lord Being a medium done, oh God Lord, let holy discontentment come to us, O oh God. Let there be a holy discontent, O oh God. Lord, that you will do a quick work, O oh God. Lord, that you will raise up this church, O oh God, to the next level. God, let it not lay dormant, O oh God. But Lord, that you will arise the lion in us. Arise, O oh God, the praise in us. Arise, O oh God, Lord, the dragon that is inside of us. That we are the ending out of the east, O oh God. Come on. In this same time, God is chosen, and God is choosing nothing less than the very best. And He has chosen you. I bind, Lord, any thought that tells us, O oh God, Lord, that we are not worthy, O oh God. I bind, O oh God, Lord, any shame, O oh God. I bind, O oh God, any sin, O oh God, Lord, that is enstranding, O oh God, Lord, us, O oh God, that is causing us to doubt, O oh God, Lord, your will in our lives, O oh God. I bind in the name of Jesus, O oh God. But Lord, right now, O oh God, I lose, O oh God. God, the perfect will in your our lives, O oh God, Lord, in us, O oh God. I lose, O oh God, Lord, your perfect will, O oh God, in our lives today, O oh God. Lord, nothing less than the very best, O oh God, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. If it's okay, why don't we pray for one another right now? Let's minister to one another. If you're hurting today, and if you're struggling today, if you're wondering the will of God in your life today, come on, let's have the level of faith right now that God can do a, a work in our lives. God is not done with us. God is not done with you. Come on, let's minister to one another right now. Come on, the body can heal. When we start to pray for one another, come on, start telling one another, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm walking together with you. Yes, yes. Yes, yes. Yes, yes. Praise the Lord. There's still some that is praying. 
But if uh, you're done praying, you're dismissed in Jesus' name. Sorry for making you all hungry during the service itself. Go forth and uh, eat a well-done sick. Praise the Lord.